0: Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise, and engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, brilliant souls, welcome to Rainbows in Real Life, the show dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. We believe when we join together, we all live better lives and we're exploring ways we can do that in today's ever-changing world. I'm Pamela Aubrey and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Christopher Rauch, the No Excuses Coach, and our special guest, Gigi Sabat. So welcome to the show, both of you.
1: What's up, ladies and ladies? There's no gentleman here. Thank
0: you. <laughs> so wonderful to have both of you here. And Gigi, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the show with us tonight. And I'm really excited to share your story out with everyone tonight and so grateful to have you here with us. So thank you for that.
2: You're welcome. It's an honor to be here with you and Christopher today. You yes, have absolutely. such
0: an important message to share with people. But I want to, before we kind of jump into all of that, I just want to say hello to everyone, welcome the audience and everyone who has come on to be a part of this conversation because I think this is going to be really valuable and it's going to serve a lot of people. This is something that certainly should be shared out because there's a lot of people out there right now that are struggling with this topic. And this is one of the reasons why I really felt This was going to be a powerful show because i know that there are people who if they hear this message it could mean the difference between them doing something drastic or not and so i want you to just start by telling us a little bit about your story just where you're from and kind of you know how you how you came to where you are but but in an abbreviated version
2: Yes. Great question. So my parents came to this country from Haiti around 35 years ago, and my parents instilled in my brothers and I the importance of obtaining an education. So I did. I attended the University of Central Florida in Orlando. I obtained my B.A. in political science pre-law and sociology. I interned for the senator during my undergrad studies, and then I pursued a degree in law. While in law school, I became the student bar association president, which means I oversaw all the organizations in the law school. But here's the thing. My life transformed forever. I got the shock of my life one day. I had just got done studying. And then I was on a phone call with a colleague from SBA. And I'll never forget the abuser charged at me, almost strangled me to death, beat me through my phone across the room. And then I, I when I tried to get back up to go get my phone, I fell flat like a vegetable. And at the time, I didn't understand why. But the domestic violence advocates told me it's because I lost oxygen to the brain. So I'm truly grateful to be here. But understand this. After that occurred, God really helped me to understand his purpose for my life. He awakened Mm -hmm. me to step into my purpose, so I did. Hence the titles of my books, Walk With Me, God First, it's a spiritual Mm -hmm. walk. And walk with me is all about helping others understand the importance of never giving up. Hence one of the poems in my book is never give up, Mm -hmm. no matter what trials and tribulations you face with in your life. And in God First, God First is about the raising awareness about having God first place in our lives. We wouldn't have all the issues that we have in society if people were to keep God in his proper place, which is first. Well,
0: and I love that you, you know, really came from this place of almost not really understanding or knowing what was happening, that it was sort of like, wait, this is domestic violence, you know, finding yourself in this position that you I'm sure never imagined you would find yourself in. So let's just, I wanna backtrack just a little bit because I want people to understand that this is something that happens to people in every walk of life. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, successful, you know, famous, not famous. I mean, it just doesn't matter, It whatever, walk of life you come from you can find yourself in this situation and to know that you are never the person to blame and so talk to me a little bit about you know like what what was that experience how did you sort of you know wake up from where you were and start to move out of that situation
2: yes ma'am great question and i love how you touch base that it can happen to anyone because it really can why because it's not taught enough in our education system today i'm an advocate for domestic violence and so many other topics as well and Back to domestic violence though, domestic violence is occurring daily. We need to be raising awareness about the various aspects that are tied to domestic violence. And understand this, that it's not just physical, it's also emotional, mental, financial, and then there's PTSD that's tied to it. And it also as well, we need to be educating others about the red flags and the signs to look out for. Essentially, when you are in a domestic violence relationship, you're dealing with an abuser who has a narcissistic character trait. Hence why I mentioned the narcissistic character trait in my book, Walk With Me. So that others know the character traits to look out for. It. Because then they can avoid those type of relationships. Because mm-hmm. when you in a domestic violence relationship, you are in an abusive relationship. Right. Again, I, I go back to what I share with you. I got the shock of my life when I almost lost my life. And then I literally, I was, I was out of that relationship. I was done. Yeah. So if you're listening to this message today and you're in a domestic violence relationship, you need to leave that relationship, get out of that relationship. Why? Because you are in a dangerous situation. You are in a dangerous so situation.
0: Yeah. Let's and let's dig into that a little bit. I mean, what are some of the signs? What are things that people should know? Hey, you know, this is a big red flag. If somebody's doing some of these things, maybe they haven't hit you yet, maybe it hasn't gotten physical. But here are some things that you can see ahead of time.
2: Yes. So it does happen to men and it happens to women as well. And I'll circle back to that. But here's the thing. Some of the signs that you can look out for in the red flags are that this person will try to isolate you from your loved ones, people you care about, and all that you're doing, your work, anything that Mm -hmm. you're trying to hinder that and try to keep you from that. They will try to tell you how to dress, how you should look. How, how you should not look. They will, if you're a woman, they would try to make you not wear makeup or tell you why are you wearing makeup? Why are you so pretty? All these things. If you're a man, they will try to control you. One male that was on one of my global virtual panels for domestic violence, he was hit so badly, he lost vision to his sight. So again, it can be very tremendous, especially when it gets uh, when horrific, when it gets so physical. And again, you need to leave that relationship and that person will also follow you. They, they become a stalker. It's just like you're dealing with a stalker as well.
1: So what, what do you say to the people out there who, who I've talked to many, many times about this particular subject? What do you say to them when they say, you know what? I knew it. I, was, I had a gut feeling early on, but I didn't listen to my gut. What do you say to the men and women out there to in order for them to not make that same exact mistake that so many people make when they feel that gut instinct? That should be the time that they depart or you know get help. What do you say to those people that ignore their gut instinct?
2: Great question, Christopher. Essentially, your gut instinct is trying to tell you you are in danger. Listen to your gut, follow that intuition because it is trying to save your life. I will never forget my gut feeling would be so horrific. Some days I wouldn't even eat and I would say something isn't right. Something isn't right. If you are feeling like that, you need to get out. You are in danger. You are in a domestic violence relationship. Get out.
1: And what do you say to the people that have always been in that type of environment from the time they've been little kids, their parents did it, and now this is all they know? How did how do they break out of that cycle if that's all they all they've ever known?
2: Seek help from an officer take help from an officer. Because essentially, when you're in that abusive relationship, again, that person will try to control you and manipulate you as well. There's gaslighting that's involved, stonewalling that's involved, so many different character traits that people are not aware of that we need to educate others about in our community. Because the, all the character traits are the same that for the abuser, there is a pattern there. So if there's a pattern, we need to be educating about others about it more.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a valid point. You know, it's like this hasn't just started happening. This has been happening really all through time. So we now really have come to a place, I think, in modern society where we understand it in ways we haven't in the past and we have resources that we haven't in the past. And I think that's really powerful for people to understand as well. Like if you're in this situation, you are not alone. There are resources. And I know sometimes it can be very scary for people to leave because they can feel like, you know, it might be worse for me to leave. There could be consequences this person could come after me those sorts of things or they're fearful for their children so what do you recommend for people in those situations
2: yes I would highly recommend if you can seek help from someone in your support system family member reach out to those individuals give them a heads up I'll never forget someone shared a film with me in regards to a woman who was in danger and what did she do she went with her boyfriend to the vet to get help for the pet, but the pet wasn't sick or anything. The pet didn't have any issues, but she slipped out a note to the person at the front desk saying, I need help. He has a gun. He has a gun. Right. Right. So it needs to get to that point where you need to write a note or something. You need help. Do it. Do it. Seek help. I think that's so important
0: and it is scary. I mean, I think it's okay for people to understand there's gonna be those moments when you're scared. You know, if you've been in that situation, if you've had someone assault you physically, you know what that's like. You know, you understand that there is a level of fear that's created by that, that makes it very difficult to step out of that situation. And yet, if you're willing to do so, there are resources to help you. So thank you so much for making that, that point. And so um, with that, then, you know, what are some of the, I, I know that you're involved with some organizations and, and you do some of this work yourself, so what are some of those resources that you're familiar with?
2: Yes, so last year in 2020, we host, I hosted the Global Virtual Panel of Domestic Violence Survivors, and I mm-hmm. brought leaders from all over the world who have survived domestic violence themselves, both men and women, and I want to raise awareness again that it's not just uh, physical but it's also emotional mental financial and there's ptsd tied to it as i mentioned before but also the fact that it's not just happening in heterosexual relationships this is happening in homosexual relationships as well we had a male who was homosexual who hopped on our panel and he shared how it ha- how it happened to him how it happened Mm -hmm. to them, so it can happen to anyone. And then also for those individuals who were not homosexual, but then they dealt with someone who was homosexual and controlling and manipulative, who was a narcissist, who got them in those type of relationships. So you talk Mm -hmm. about someone who was was a Christian, who then ran into someone or met someone who was homosexual, who then formed, who forced them to do acts or do things or held them against their will. We need to raise awareness about this, that again, it's not just happening to individuals in heterosexual relationships, but also individuals in homosexual relationships.
1: Mm, wow, that is crazy. And just uh, for uh, for everybody just tuning in right now, we just want to encourage you that if you have any questions you want to engage with us, please, of course, always in the comments, whether you're watching us live or on the replay, feel free to ask us questions and uh, leave us comments. And that way we can get back to you if it's on the replay of it as well. But no, thank you. Please continue.
0: Yeah, and I also want to just let everyone know You know, we'd love for you to share with us if you're having a challenge. You know, if you're even if it's not related to this exact topic, if you're having a challenge in your life right now, share that with us so that we can then in turn help you as well as you're facing that. But I want to go back to what we were just discussing because I think this is really important. You know, people um, in these situations, a lot of times, you know, they've gotten there because they haven't felt like they had anyone to reach out to. And I know that there's often a lot of churches that have resources, Um, their communities have organizations that will help tie them into resources. Can you tell us some of the organizations that you work with specifically?
2: Yes, so I work with various organizations in various counties as well, and the leaders that spoke on our panels as well, who are really looking to help individuals who are survivors of domestic violence or who are going through it or that, to avoid them from going through that. So it's all about positive intervention for positive prevention and ed- it starts with education. We need to educate others about domestic violence and we need to really raise awareness. Again, it goes back to the fact that it does not just happen to women. It's being taught in our society that this is only happening to women.
1: Mm. So I have a question for you based on the fact of, you know, I love that what you're talking about is early, early training, advanced education and things of that nature. Given the fact that the kids are the ones that are experienced that, I was, in a, I was in a home where my uh, stepfather abused my mom and vice versa. And I was abused and everything else. So how, how early on do you recommend, you know, talking to kids about domestic violence and helping them through and processing those emotions related to that so we can avoid some of that PTSD and that repetitive behavior down the line?
2: Yes, I would definitely say if there's like a workshop that we can create or something of that sort that we can actually educate those students on early on and tell them the signs to look out for. Or if you are someone who is going through this right now or you have this in your life, then you need to let your professor or your teacher know. Reach out to the counselor. Let us know so we can do something about it.
0: And so for you, what are some of the ways that you dealt with then coming out of that experience? And obviously you've done a lot in your life. You know, you've been able to move forward from there, but what were some of the ways that you did that?
2: Yes, so definitely I would say I'm grateful for my support system, my family, and also the domestic violence advocates in my community. They were very helpful. And of course, my friends, my close friends. So definitely, again, those resources are there. Your support system is there for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people who may be afraid, maybe they've never been to a therapist, maybe they don't know what to expect, or they've been to therapists in the past and it hasn't been a good experience. You know, they haven't necessarily felt like it was helpful to them, or maybe even they felt like it was, they were stigmatized somehow by it. You know, what do you say to people in those situations?
2: I would say contact law enforcement because law enforcement had a huge role in, in my case as well and helped me tremendously. So I would definitely say reach out to them because they will direct you to the proper place.
0: Mm. And so, what does that look like for someone who's, you know, stepping out, you know, t- having the courage to take that first step? What does that process look like? Just so someone understands that before they actually get into it.
2: Yes. What it looks like is that you're actually going to be advised on exactly the steps to do. So they're going to help you. So, again, just really reach out to them go or go to the station they will help you
1: hmm. Thank you for that. And, and thinking about going back to obviously I'm a guy duh. Um, and, and going back to the male aspect of this. And, and I know guys that have been, um, you know, physical, domestic abuse, abuse victims from women. Um, what are some of the ways that uh, men can handle that situation? Cause obviously they want to, you know, restrain or whatever. They want to understand uh, what are some things and men who are watching, cause we got Samuel here in the house. Thank you, Samuel, for being here. Um, you know, what are some things we can help them better understand the domestic violence, where it's coming from and how best to deal with it aside from having to completely just go through law enforcement and things of that nature? Is there ways to squelch that and ways that we can understand a little bit more why it's happening and, and maybe that we're the cause of it?
2: Yes. Great question, Christopher. So essentially back to what one of our panelists said, Grady Taylor on the domestic violence panel in regards to what he was dealing with. And I mean, for men, it's, it's, it's kind of different. They feel like it's different. Why? Because they're taught in our society that they can't have emotion or that they can't really express themselves. So I know for him, it was really difficult to come forward about that, but he did because he understood that it would save someone's life. So if you're a male today and you're listening to this and you're in a domestic violence relationship or you've been through a domestic violence relationship, seek help, you're not alone. And really, I would just say again, utilize that support system and speak to them about it. Uh, And really, if you are in danger, Again, utilize that note method. If you need to write a note to someone and say, hey, I need help, people are there to help you. It's just a matter of taking action in regards to seeking help.
1: That's Mm -hmm. so important. I mean, you have to take action. I mean, I interviewed a lady named Monica Kretschmer from uh, the Universal Women's Network up in uh, Canada. And when she told her story on my show, she said that essentially what happened was she was married and successful and had a seven month old baby boy. And she said that she thought the alcoholism and everything else was gonna be fine and better. Um, It's a really great interview. And she finally just realized that, you know, she had to get out of the place. And so she went to the homeless women's shelter that she used to donate all of her clothes and and donate money to. She grabbed her seventh month old baby and says, I got to get the heck out of here and went down there. And so she went from being a person who donated in that and got out of there. And my point on that, and I highly recommend it commend that because, you know, she actually did take action. So many people sit there and say, I don't know what to do. I I have no other choice. You know, it's like, I tell them to go live in their car, go do something, get away from this person, you know, drive to another state, whatever it is you got to do. But so often it doesn't seem that people will do that because it's comfortable, it's familiar. What are some of those things that you could say uh, about that to people who might be watching this, experiencing that same thing?
2: Yes, oftentimes individuals stay in those type of relationships because of love, but they don't understand that's not love. They are being manipulated and controlled by a narcissist. So when you're dealing with a narcissist, again, the character traits are in alignment with that abuser. So it really, really has a pattern. And we really need to focus in on that because then this can all be prevented and individuals would understand that they do have a choice. You do have that decision you can make for yourself. You can leave that relationship. It's all a matter of understanding what you're dealing with, being aware of who you're dealing with, and understanding that you can get out because a lot of times they feel stuck. They feel like they don't have anywhere to go, that they don't have any help, but you do. If you're listening to this today, you have help. People are here to help you, such as myself and Christopher and Pamela, I'm sure as well. And we know individuals as well. If you know someone, seek help, seek help through your support system or your community.
0: Absolutely. And what you said was so valuable. And I really want to, you know, dig a little deeper in this whole idea of, you know, narcissism and what that looks like. Because I think often people get into relationships, a lot of times in the beginning, it's all great. That person can seem like Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. And then six months down the road, you're seeing a completely different person emerge. And by then, you know, you're already in this relationship, you're already in this deal with this person. And you've got to kind of figure out, wait a minute, who is this other person that keeps showing up you know and then you've got all the gaslighting and things like that that start going on and people can you know start to wonder if they're just crazy are they just imagining things you know and then the person's telling them that they're crazy and they're imagining things right and so it becomes kind of the snowball effect and so how can people start to identify you know if if they're experiencing some of those things how can they better and, and more quickly identify yes this person is someone that is dangerous they are someone who is gonna take me down a road I don't wanna go down?
2: Yes, great question. So I love what you said there because in the beginning they do come off very charismatic and very charming and they, they are very kind and sweet. And in the community, they appear to everyone as though they're very kind and sweet. It's somebody you would never even imagine, but they're the complete opposite behind closed doors. And a few months down the road, they will flip. It's like a, just a flip. They will flip on you. It's like you're dealing with a completely different person. And that's when you know you're in a domestic violence relationship because then they start doing, like you said, the gaslighting, the stonewalling. There's so many different character traits that are tied to this narcissistic character trait. And then it can get very abusive. And again, if it happens once, it will happen again. It will happen again. That's why I say you're in danger. You need to get out of that relationship.
0: I think that's such an important point, too, because a lot of times people will, you know, and and this is very normal. It's you start making excuses. You know, you start saying, oh, well, they were just really upset that one night or, you know, and and then it happens again. And it's like, well, well, okay, well, they were just really upset that night, too. And the reality is, no, this is this is going to become a pattern. It's not ever going to be just one or two times.
2: I'll share this with you. Prior to the third time that I was strangled, almost strangled to death, I had recollection in my memory that I was strangled twice before then. So again, it all goes back to following that gut instinct. Yeah, back to absolutely, that. yeah. I tell you what, the domestic violence advocates told me, Gigi, what you recollect in your mind, that memory, it happened, it happened. Unfortunately, it happened. And when I when I asked the abuser, "Did you strangle me?" No, I believe you just have a cold. Um, See, but that ultimately led to the third strangulation, which I almost lost my life. So, if you're listening to this today, again, if you have that gut feeling or that intuition that something wrong is happening, or in my case, if you're strangled and you don't have a, a full recollection, but that memory is there, or you feel something is wrong, get out, you're in danger. And also again, strangulation is the number one cause of death in domestic violence relationships. So that's unfortunate because why? If somebody strangles you, there's no telling what time lapse can happen in regards to that person losing their lives. And I I highly did my research, I'm I'm very educated on this subject matter now. And why do I say that? Because you can deal with someone who walks out alive today if they just gone through a domestic violence relationship Let's say, for example, Sally was strangled today and Sally comes out alive. Sally could die tomorrow in her bed. And that's the reality because you don't know how much damage happens around that that area when somebody strangles you, unfortunately.
1: So I have so, a I have a very personal question for you on the the emotion side of all of this. Uh, number one, do you still have contact with that person? And number two, what are your feelings about that person at this point in your 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 journey?
2: No, I do not have contact with that individual. But the, I did forgive that individual. Why? Because God first, God first, and essentially forgiveness truly matters. And I am I am a woman of God, and I I, I truly believe in forgiveness. So thank you. You're welcome.
0: And I think, you know, it's it's important for anyone who may be in a situation that's really difficult to understand. You know, if you're in that situation, forgiveness will come in time, but that doesn't mean you stay in that situation. It doesn't mean that you remain in a dangerous situation because that puts everyone at risk, not just you, but anyone who might be close to you. And it's really not worth it in the end. You know, if if someone's done something to you in the past, they'll do it again, and it will get worse over time. And that's the other piece of this that I think is really important is to understand that this typically escalates. Um, Even if it starts out as emotional abuse or mental abuse, it will. and, 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 you know, it's different in all situations. You can't say, you know, in six months this will happen or in a year it'll happen, but eventually it'll escalate, you know? And so for people to understand that if they're seeing those signs, of either emotional or mental abuse, that they can expect that at some point that can become physical. And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, in your experience working with other women and, and even in your own experience, what what do you suggest people do early on to kind of cut that tie with someone in a way that allows them to get away safely?
2: Yes, so there are resources in the community in regards to domestic violence oftentimes individuals would tend to avoid it because again, they are dealing with someone who's very manipulative and that gut instinct is there. Those red signs are there. Those red flags are there. It's just, they want to avoid it. Why? Because again, it all goes back to them believing that they're in love, but that's not love. If you, again, that's, that's it's just not love. You need to get out of that relationship. Super,
0: super important point. And to know that you're going to, you're going to remain in that space of feeling like you've lost something for a little while. You know, if, if you have to leave and, and that's the circumstance that just to know it's not going to be easy to do, but that in the long run, you're literally
2: saving your own life. That's right. It's not, it's not going to be easy. It it will not be easy, but But it'll be
1: worth it that's, that's no. well that's the main point it's not gonna be easy that's why i tell people like oh it's gonna be hard i'm like yeah no shit sherlock it's gonna be hard but guess what it's gonna be worth it it's like climbing the side of a mountain and going oh wow this is tough but you get to a view and go wow the view is so amazing it's so beautiful um you know you get there i mean it goes you have to go through that and, and that's an interesting aspect is so many people want you know the benefits of things but they don't want to go through that tough stuff and they can either look at it as like i'm gonna go through it now and get through a little bit of it and it's gonna be uncomfortable and, and stressful and and i'm not gonna like it or i can wait you know another six years waste my life and wind up having with a bunch of regrets and have to do it when it's 10 times harder and more traumatic on my kid i mean it's, it's pretty crazy i don't know what that sound is but it's like
0: i think somebody's getting a messenger call
1: it's not me um I was yeah my it's, is i was like, was like i don't my, know my, my brain my brain was uh was was doing this so okay. here's here's a shift on all of this and and i've been interested in this obviously we have a lot of things going on in the culture today and things are being brought up from years ago like oh that person did this to me you know so many years ago we got a lot of that stuff going on right now now I'm personally, I'm I'm very, I shouldn't say I'm a little concerned, I'm very concerned about how, where that's going to go as far as in this particular conversation, you know, somebody has a fight and oh yeah, you're my ex-husband, you know, oh yeah, he abused me and there's like no proof, but that guy could potentially, you know, have something happen to him or the girl could potentially have something happen to him. What are your, what are your thoughts on that for for both of you from the standpoint? Because I'm seeing things happen and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, okay, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But also, you know, as, as, as somebody, I don't have anything to worry about, but I can understand and some people thinking like, okay, you know, wow, I so I so I did this to my wife, you know, ten years ago. Is that going to come up and bite me in the ass and get me fired from my job? So just just uh, looking at some current event issues with with what we're talking about.
2: Yes, I will say this: you need to share your story. It's 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 going to save lives. That's one. But two, also, it's a healing process, and then also as well. Again, it goes back to utilizing your pain for purpose because it is going to save someone's life when you share your story. I've had many men and women come forward who said it has helped them or has helped them in the situation they're in now. They're afraid, they're scared. So really it all starts with that person and understanding their self-worth and that they do matter and that they are enough. If you're listening to this, you are enough. Again, you are enough. Write that down. Utilize your pain for purpose and don't let the past be brought in the future in a matter that's going to bring you down. You are not what has happened to you, your past or your circumstances, Mm -hmm. your trials or tribulations. Let it go. Let it go. Let the baggage from the past stay there and take the lesson with you. Take the lesson with you. Leave the baggage in the past.
1: You're not passionate about this at all.
2: Love that.
0: So, talk to us a little bit about what that's looked like for you, what your healing process
2: has looked like. Oh, yes. So, I have literally left that baggage, although I talk about it to raise awareness and to educate others. Again, it started with forgiveness, understanding to the fullest extent what had happened to me. I forgave that individual, understood what happened, but I need to move on with my life now. I have moved forward and I've left the baggage there, taking the lesson with me, and I'm continuing to educate others about this subject matter in regards to domestic violence because it will save someone's life. I wish I had met myself before that happened.
0: That's so powerful. So how did you go about doing that? How did you bring healing into your life?
2: God, God first, God. Essentially, I reread the Bible and then I got baptized again as an adult. My relationship with God grew tremendously. And essentially, when we read the Bible, God is speaking to us. We are building a relationship with him. So we need to listen to him. We need to get quiet, lean in and listen to God. And I tell you what, God actually commanded me to host these panels that I did in 2020. He said, my child, I need you to go and host this domestic violence panel. This global Uh virtual panel, violent survivors. I said, yes, sir, I did that. And I thought we were done there. He said, now I need you to do one on sexual assault. I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I both. He said, and now I need you to do one about breast cancer and I'm passionate about breast cancer as well. And so I did, I hosted all of those panels and I said, okay, we're done it in 2020. He said, no, my child. Now I need you to host these seven more in 2021 including the leadership conference and the business conference. So that's nine. I said, okay, so I'm just listening to him last week. We has, we hosted one on a human trafficking Mm. both men and women come forward to raise awareness that it's happening to both men and women. Absolutely. It's not being educated enough in our, in our communities and human trafficking is happening right here in our backyards.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back on that a little bit coming from a guy who's not a very, you know, religious person, a very spiritual person. And, you know, God has sent you these messages. What messages is God sending to the kids that have to go through this experience?
2: Yes. So it's, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual journey. And essentially, if you're a child who's going through that, again, you have to seek help from an adult, someone who's, who's highly educated on this subject matter that can help you get through. That's why it starts with us as the adults to really, really help these children. And how we can do that is by educating them. Education is truly important.
0: Yeah, I think that's really valuable. And to understand, too, as adults, our responsibility, you know, what role we play in this. If we're not the person in the situation, then, you know, there's probably someone around us who is. I mean, we know that this is a very common occurrence. And so what are the, some of the things that we can do you know, in our communities or in our churches to help support people who may be in these situations or just to grow awareness and be a part of educating others?
2: Yes, and it starts with individuals educating themselves on that subject matter as well in regards to the signs because if you understand the signs and you could be around someone and the signs are right in front of you, but unless you know, then you can't help anyone. Mm-hmm. If you are aware of those signs and the narcissistic character traits, you say, oh, wait a minute. I think Bob is abusing Sally or Sally's abusing Bob. You, you'll see the signs because you'll be aware. That's why we need to educate about those red flags and those signs to look out for in the narcissistic character trait. And, you know, I want to go back and circle back to what we talked about earlier in regards to really the fact that it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. I want to focus on the fact that it can also happen to anyone With any job title, any job, your job title doesn't really necessarily mean anything. You can be a social worker and it still happens to you because they're not educating it enough in regards to the topics that we need to be educated on, which is the narcissistic character traits, the stonewalling, the gaslighting, those red flags, those signs, following our gut feeling, like Christopher said, our intuition. Right. That's where it starts education.
0: Well, and I think, too, sometimes when you're in that situation, even if you know some of these things, it's very hard to see them in your own life. These are things that can come up and be very subtle, especially in the beginning. And so I love that you are emphasizing the need for education. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like shows like this are so important, because unless people like us are out here talking about these things, then people aren't going to have that education. They're not going to get the message. Because frankly, this is not something that we talk about in daily conversation. You know, you're not asking Joe down the street, hey, are you beating your wife? You know, I mean, that's not the stuff we're talking about. How's that beating
1: going, Joe? You need some help with that?
0: We know, you know, it's like, you know, if there's something going on two doors down. You know, the neighbors are typically talking about stuff in the neighborhood. And, you know, just to have this sense of, you know, we do have responsibility for one another. We do have a responsibility to have at least enough awareness to be able to, you know, if there, especially if there's children involved, you know, to help protect people.
1: That's Samuel's funny. been uh, chiming in here with some, uh, with some good nuggets there.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. And thank you for that. Because I um, popped away from my comments there for a little bit. So I was
1: like, Samuel's fire on fire. Thank you, Samuel. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. So he says men do struggle with sharing emotion as they learn how powerful and liberating is to share men are awakening in droves with good help. Ask, seek, knock. That is so powerful. Yes. Thank you, Samuel. And then he even says, um, words and habits can be as bad or worse than physical abuse. I think that's a really great point. And I think that's a really great point for for children, especially, Um, you know, if if someone in your home is saying things to you, that are really mean. I mean, if they're using inappropriate language, if they're swearing at you, cussing at you, you know, those sorts of things and, and being really derogatory or, or hurtful, then you need to talk to somebody about that. You know, there are school counselors, there are people who want to listen, that's why they're there and they wanna help. So I think that's really, really important to acknowledge as well. But certainly, yes, I love that you've brought up the fact that it's not just women, it's also men. And I do think, you know, in situations where it's men, they can often feel like, well, you know, I mean, I'm going to call the cops because this girl is beating me up. You know, they're probably going to laugh at me. Yes. You know, like there's, call them. there's this, you know, awkward, like how, you know, how's that going to work kind of thing. So for, you know, for, for a man in that situation, you know, really, what is the best way for them to handle something?
2: Yes. Speak to a close friend. Speak to your family member. They will understand. Seek help from your support system or someone in your community. They are there to help. They are there to help. And also, I want to touch base on the fact that it can happen to someone who's very productive in their daily lives or very active in their communities. Like I, my, I was myself. I was, I, again, I, I just explained to you that I, I was in a law school at the time. So you can imagine I, I was studying day in, day out, day in, day out. And I'll keep repeating it because I remember, I just remember just studying head and book, head and book, head and book. And then boom, my life transformed forever. Hmm. What I tell people is that it can happen to anyone on any, any caliber. So and it can happen to a medical student, someone in medical school. Because again, and, and I look back now and I look at the signs and I put everything together and I say, okay, because the abuser is aware that you're, you're under this, this uh, you're, on, you're focused, you're so focused. You're so focused on your studies. So they mm-hmm. will manipulate you.
0: Very interesting. Larry says, hi, hi, Larry. Thank you for being with us this evening. And Samuel says, education has to start at home, never rely on government to teach truth or your worldview that matters to you. Yeah, that's a great point. And really, this is something that should be taught in schools, it should have been taught in schools a long time ago. Um, You know, it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around the fact that we've got, you know, generations that have grown up without any knowledge around what this really is, and how it affects people. You know, and now that I work with the clients that I do, I realize that, you know, a lot of this trauma that we've seen over the years really could have been prevented with some education, with some people just understanding and and even just like we're talking about here, knowing how to reach out, knowing how to get help, and knowing that help is even available. So what are some of the things that you tell people, you know, primarily when you're speaking, when you're out doing these panels, what are some of the key points that you feel are most important for people to hear?
2: Yes. Again, back to what I said, men and women, physical, mental, emotional, financial, PTSD tied to it. And we need to raise awareness about that. And it's happening in homes. And it's not just in those relationships with love, with someone you love. It also can happen with family members as well. People forget to mention that part, but it does. I know people who were abused by family members. So we really need to raise awareness about that. And it starts. In our education system, we need to educate more about domestic violence, but also in our homes as well as parents, Mm -hmm. individuals need to educate their children on domestic violence early on, early on. A lot of parents tell their children, oh, you you should not hit someone or do that or things of that nature, but no, we need to go deeper than that and we need to educate them to not allow it to happen to them as well
0: absolutely yes and to christopher's earlier point i you know i think for children who are and this is this is really a big issue right now that are at home with their parent and they have an abusive parent to know that they can still reach out to their school counselor they can still make contact with someone you know it it doesn't have to be a police officer you know that might be a little scary but to reach out to a teacher someone that you know send them a message and say you know what, I I can't even do my schoolwork. I'm really afraid And, and start to open up that conversation and know that people want to help And I think that's, you know, I know that there's probably not a whole lot of children watching this show, but I'm hoping that what will happen is that other parents are paying attention and they're seeing kids, you know, they're seeing kids in situations that are questionable or they're wondering, you know, are these kids, you know, in a bad situation and then being able to then give them this same advice or in some way help or support them. So Christopher I would love I know you've got something else that you want to share but if you kind of give us some closing thoughts
1: Sure sure you know I was just actually thinking about what what domestic violence bills were currently in legislature for 2021 and potentially we could find out a way to support but final mm-hmm. thoughts I mean obviously it's it's all about you know the fact that we have to stand up for ourselves we have to love ourselves I've done mm-hmm. so many coaching calls over the last year during covid a free coaching calls just to help people and I found that uh, very very uh uh, what's the word I want to use, uh, overwhelmingly, uh, people don't love themselves and I'm finding that if they don't love themselves, then they're not going to cherish themselves. They're going to feel that they don't deserve anything else. So it's f- important for you guys out there watching this and listening to this to really take your self-love and your self-care is mm. so important that you need it. Like your breath, you know, you absolutely need it. Sometimes we think, oh, we're going to, I don't know what's going to happen to that person. If I leave him, he's going to go crazy. Da, da, da. Self-love ladies and gentlemen, you have to do that. You cannot pour from an empty bucket. You cannot continue to do what you've always done, expecting different results results. It's asinine. It's ridiculous. You have to stand up. You have to go out and do whatever it is you possibly have to do. If you have to go live in a shed on somebody's backyard for six months and save up your money so you can go stay in a motel room for six months, whatever you have to do, you have to stand up for yourself because most likely nobody's going to stand up for you. And what's eventually going to happen, especially if you have kids, you're going to screw them up. You're going to give them a lifetime of pain. So I'm always about, you know, stand up, do whatever it is you got to do, be unstoppable and and, and and walk your path and then go help other people do it just exactly like you're doing at Gigi. So I, I, I applaud you in your passion and everything that you've accomplished.
2: Thank you, Christopher.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you. And
2: I will say this, that self-care truly does matter. And you need, yes, it, other individuals need to love themselves. It starts with us. You need to love yourself. I love it, Christopher. Very powerful. Thank you.
0: Um, yes. And Samuel says, teach the kids how to become triggered less. It it awakens awareness for the child. Yeah, having conversations—you know, just talking to our kids about our emotions and how do we deal with them, and what are the right—you know, what what do healthy relationships look like? What are the right ways to deal with certain things like anger or frustration? You know, and and having those conversations—not just with our own kids, but you know, let's say you've got a you know a, a support group of kids that are studying with your. Your own, your own child, you know, any way that we can help kids understand, have this information out in front of them is super important. Gigi, any final thoughts?
2: Yes, I will tell those individuals to never give up. No matter what you go through in this life, you need to get back up. And also you are not what happens to you. Mm. Do not let any major challenges in your life keep you down. And I do want to share this poem with your audience today. It's titled, yes, ma'am, you got it. It's titled, Never Give Up. Walls surround me. That's all I see. All I want is to be free. I scream at the top of my lungs. God, please help me. The back of my mind wants to give up. Then my heart reminds me that I'm one of a kind. I feel closed in with nowhere to go. Then I remember the beauty of life is to grow. It doesn't matter if you grow slow. Growing is the purpose of life in everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are, the color of your skin, your religion, your political views, the amount of money you make, the car you drive how many friends you have, how many followers you have on social media, your job title, how tall or how short you are, your gender, your sexuality, your age, your fashion style, your body structure, the type of music you listen to, your family's culture or anything else that our society's education system has altered our minds to focus on. Always remember, you are in control of your mind's reticular activating system. You focus on what you want to see, hear and believe in. Therefore, growth is in everyone. Never give up. The light may seem dim right now, but all you need to do is wake up the reticular activating system in your mind and you two will realize you are one of a kind. Never give up. Booyah. Uh, wow. That
1: Mic drop. was beautiful, Mic drop.
0: beautiful, amazing. Thank you Thank so you. much for that. And thank you again, everyone who has been on with us tonight. Samuel says, get this woman on Clubhouse. I love it. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Such a joy to be on with all of you. Gigi, share with us one last time the name of your book.
2: Yes, the name of my book is Walk With Me. And the second book is God First. Walk with me, God first. It's all a wonderful,
0: seat. wonderful. Yeah. So pick those up, and please share this out. If you if you know of anyone that you might be concerned about, or you just know that you want to share this message, you want to get these messages out so that people have awareness, they have the education. You know. No one wants to see their child end up in this situation or their or their friends or, you know, any of their family members. So let's build the awareness. Let's keep the conversation going. And thank you again so much for being here and listening. And thank you again, Gigi, for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you, Gigi. You rock.
0: Thank you. Likewise. Thank you all. Have a beautiful rest of your evening.
1: You guys rock. Stay safe.
0: We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.